Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Art Studio. This time last year, I had begun the process of recovering my health. I was a week out of the hospital, and what a blessing it is not to be back there again, I can tell you that. People have reached out to me and said, hey, Dan, where are you? I'm still right here doing my thing. I haven't recorded a show in a while because nothing has changed. And, you know, I don't want to recycle my ideas, become like a Rush Limbaugh, and just say the same thing over and over again. And I've already actually done that many times because I don't have a lot of, you know, new thoughts. But I was thinking today about memory and how it works and how different things that happen to us shape our lives and to the people that we become. One of the big things that shape us is loss beyond our control. This is something, again, I've talked about in the past, so it won't be any revelations for people. I forget, I remember my first heartbreaking loss. And I'll try to go over it quickly, otherwise I'll get all choked up. But my favorite animal was killed by the side of the road when I was 18 years old. We had just moved into this town the day before. So we traveled from Pennsylvania to Florida to live. And we had brought our cats with us, and my favorite cat went outside to go to the bathroom, I guess, and he'd run quite a distance out to the highway over a football field and got run down by, well, maybe half a football field, and then got run down by a car outside. And he was killed just minutes before I found him. Call heartbreaking loss and to find my favorite animal killed by a car. That changed me. That one experience. Now, a lot of things happened. But one of them was the unbelievable recognition of lost and responsibility. Even today, I feel like that was my fault. And I should have watched over him better. So I can tell you one thing. That changed me. When it came time to have kids, I watched over them in a way that you can hardly imagine is possible, but I did. And I felt that children left alone, that something could happen to them, you know, fall into the bathtub, slip, that kind of thing. So I was incredibly vigilant on my kids. Once I made a mistake and almost, almost, not didn't, but almost hurt one of my kids. And that has haunted me in a way that I can't explain. And the weird thing is nothing happened but I still get this you know, feeling in the back of my neck and my whole brain winces from the thought of my child being hurt. As we go on through life, we are met again and again by loss. 
I've often felt that life is not a linear page turn as we might think. Even though I believe it is linear, I've sort of seen it more as a river. A long river that takes you downstream from one adventure to the next. And the thing about floating down river is after you get in your boat and float a little bit, you always have this sort of feeling that you can go up river if you want to and go visit your friends, do the things you were just doing, just a little behind you. But the fact is that when things get behind you and you float further down river, is it's very, very hard to go back up river and experience those things again. And as it turns out, you mostly don't get the chance to. There's many people, places, and things we never see again, never experience, because we've left them behind as we go down river in life. Or you could say up river. Either way, you're traveling downwards. Now, why is this different than a book <laughs> and the page-turning thing? I don't know. Just a different metaphor that I use, but it makes sense to me. Because one of the things that I've done to myself is I sort of think that I have unlimited time. Oh, I can always get back to do this, or I can always do that, or there's always potential to do this. And as I've gotten older here, one thing after another that I could potentially do, possibly experience, has fallen away. The ability, the chance, the opportunity is done. It's over. And I didn't realize that those doors would be closing, but they definitely are. I have a unique experience now where my oldest, or pardon me, my youngest daughter is getting pretty old. <laughs> and she's going to go off to college here very soon. And I'm going to be sitting here in this house all by myself. You know, it's been so long now that I've built my life around her and structured my world to take care of her that this change that is coming will forever alter everything. And, you know, she'll go off to school and think, well, home's back there where dad is. I can always go back. Everything, you know, quote unquote, be the same. But as we know, it never is the same. Once we go out in the world and grow up a little bit, it's, it's a thing that changes us. And when we go back home, we love our parents. You know, it's great to see them. But we are not the same. And so I know that more change, don't have to actually see it as loss, is coming. And I have to tell you, I'm going to miss this kid. She is a, a fantastic, fantastic person and a fantastic child. And uh, I'm just lucky to know her. I really am. I, I, I got the uh, lottery with my kids. It's amazing what good and decent people they are. I'm just shocked. <laughs> not, not, not that I <laughs> you know, should be shocked, but I mean like they are way better than me. I, uh, jeez, I can't even sharpen their pencils, honestly. Uh, you know, I'm a product of my environment. There's no question about that. But my environment was not very good to me as a child. <laughs> so there was issues for me coming out of that. But I digress. I think this sense of loss, since I'm, you know, experiencing it and have experienced it already... Uh, really is a weird thing and I'm trying to build upon it as opposing to let it dismi diminish me and 
you know, when you lose something you love, or you lose something, or things change in a way that perhaps you didn't want them to change, it's natural to look back over your shoulder and say, man, I really miss that great fill-in-the-blank experience, job, school, adventure. You know, that's what we do as human beings, and I suppose we yearn to repeat that adventure or to go back there, and there's very few times that we ever get to do that. It's hard sometimes to move on from people and places and things. It really is. But this change comes uninvited. And with the absolute certainty of the world turning, you can't escape it. It's there forever. And I think to myself, well, how can I choose for myself the next set of changes? Like, what can I do to make my life better? Where will I live? Who will I hang out with? And uh, that kind of thing. As a person who has the most vivid and realistic dreams, I can tell you that in my dreams, I often try to solve problems. I'm often looking for people or things uh, in order to successfully get something done. More often than not in my dreams, I'm always late for work, (laughs) which is really funny because I always went early uh, because I don't like being late. Uh, but you know, in my dreams, I'm always late trying to get there, like forgetting to put my pants on and stuff. And it's not actually stressful because I know nothing comes of it. I'm in my dreams. I'm sort of cognitive that nothing will really happen, but I'm just incredibly frustrated with always being late. (laughs) I really try to suss out these dreams. There's a couple reoccurring themes I have over and over again. That really kind of make me scratch my head and think, you know, what is it? And I think I've described this before, but in my dreams, I'm always looking for something. That's another thing is I'm always looking for something or someone, and I'm not exactly 100% sure what that is, but I'm always looking for it. I'd say that's the great theme of my uh, dreams. So it's not like um, uh, scary ones or romance ones or things like that. It's, It's something different. It's I know people have all sorts of dreams, but mine are incredibly real, as if it's happening just like I'm talking to you now. I wanted to relate a story that I don't think I've ever told, and I don't really have a point to the story, but I thought I would tell it because perhaps it would be fun in the telling. When I was a young man, I lived with a great guy named Eddie Marion for many years. He was a childhood friend from high school. He came down to Florida after I moved there. And he moved there, and and then in our middle 20s, we both became roommates. Anyway, we both end up meeting girls in the middle of this, but he ends up meeting a girl and getting married. So he moves out, and I no longer have a roommate. I don't know why I'm adding that part of the story because it's not important. (laughs) It's funny. Anyway, I'm sort of in free fall. You know how like when you're between good places to live and you're searching? So I forget even where I was living at this time. But I lose my job at the gym I was working at. And now I'm working at this terrible restaurant called Captain Cody's. And Captain Cody's was a family-owned operation and they were mean to us. What a bunch of assholes they were at Captain Cody's. And there was two Captain Cody's locations. The people themselves, the manager, uh, whose name was Jeff, who was the son of the owner, he was a fine guy, nothing wrong with him. 
as the overall tone of working at Captain Cody's was very much like a slave camp. Oh my gosh. Anyway, no money to be made there either, by the way. A friend of mine says to me, hey, this new bar is opening. It's going to be an uh, exciting place. Uh, they are hiring dancers for ladies' night. Is, you know, male dancers? He's, I said, well, you know, I don't really dance. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, I just want you to come, you know, and uh, give me moral support. Like, I'm not bringing you there, you know, for you to dance. I'm going to go and dance. I think I can do it. So the audition is like Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. We go to this audition. There's all these dudes there and all these ladies like in chairs who are the judges, believe it or not. So these are our hiring crew. And these guys go out and dance and uh, compete for this job. I guess there was six positions. I don't know what there was. And I am starving to death at Captain Cody's. I can't pay my rent. I'm on my own. My roommate's gone, who I had for like five years. So I'm just kind of like, you know, at a loss for everything. And it turns out that this gig, this male dancing thing, paid $45 for two minutes work. So I get wind of this during the audition. I'm like, $45 for two minutes work? you got to be kidding me. So I'm, I'm completely unprepared for this thing. You know, I didn't come there with the intention of auditioning. But when I hear how much money there is, I get in line behind the other guys and I audition for this male dance show. I can't even remember what I was wearing. Anyway, I whipped off my shirt, danced around, and uh, <laughs> I got the job. So I got a gig then as a male dancer two nights a week at this really busy, successful nightclub in Daytona Beach. And thousands of people would come every night to this place. Anyway, ladies' night was crazy. There'd be lines down the street like a rock concert hundreds and hundreds of people deep to get in and see these male dance shows. And they'd go on for about three hours. And we'd sell a lot of alcohol during those three hours, I can tell you that. So part of the gig was to come up with costumes and ideas and themes for your you know, male dancing and also to rehearse a bunch of choreographed dances we did as a group to entertain the crowd. Well, this started a weird time in my life. I was in great physical condition, had a fantastic body at this point, and dancing around and having women cheer and throw money at me seemed pretty ridiculous, but an easy way to make money. So I'd make a couple hundred dollars a night in tips doing this. Well, it changed my life. I got to quit working at Captain Cody's, and I just worked two nights a week as a male dancer. The rest of the time, I would go to the gym work out, tan, and live a pretty good life. <clears throat> and this was a short period of my life, about a year and a half, but it allowed me to live in such a way as I was never able to live probably before or since. So at one point, the nightclub sort of says, well, we're going to wind down the male dance thing and do something else. So I say to myself, man, I've got all these guys. I've got, you know, we've got the experience. We've got the dances and the costumes. Why don't I keep this thing going? So I appointed myself manager of the, our new group, which we called r ourselves Romance. 
And I started calling nightclubs all over Florida. I ended up booking us at all these different nightclubs, and we performed our male dance show. Well, I paid everybody the usual rate plus gas. I would usually buy dinner or something. But the way it turned out is I would make a couple hundred just on the fees of the show from the nightclubs before anything else, before I even stepped on stage. And I would go out, do the show, and get more money in tips and so on. So it turned out to be an incredibly lucrative thing for me. I was making a lot of money uh, for doing one or two shows a week. And what an incredible business model for a young man is all I can tell you. It was really, really fun. So we made posters and costumes and had photos made. And one of the ways we'd really make money as a male dancer is the end of the show, we'd go out with a stack of photographs of ourselves, all the same photo and a big stack. And we would sell those photos for a dollar a piece. And damn, if you wouldn't go through them in like 10 minutes. So if you had 100 photos, you got $101 bills for your photos. And since they were really cheap to print back then, I think maybe a nickel, you made basically a dollar on every print. So it was really a great way to make money. And a guaranteed extra 100 So all the guys would do it, have photos of themselves, then hand them out for a buck at the end of the show. I can't really, (laughs) I just wish I knew then what I know now and could advise myself. But it went on pretty good. And let me tell you how the whole thing sort of fell apart. Different things happened, but the business sort of declined. It was harder and harder for me to find places to book us. I don't think we were really that great a show, to be honest. We had a willingness to do it. I don't think we're all that great. Well, I got the ambition to do the most choreographed show we could think of with really raising the bar on costumes and things like that. And so we put together two really cool acts that lasted about, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes apiece. So we booked this nightclub. And we go in and do these acts. And in the middle of these besides these act, each guy does his individual dancing to go out and get tips from the girls. And it nearly killed us to do these two choreographed routines. It was way too much to ask for from the group and ourselves. I mean, we were sweating and tired, and it was hard. Uh, I took something that was really fun and easy to do and overcomplicated it and made it difficult. Well, the thing was, in trying so hard, we had clipped the, the show short by 30 minutes. By the time we got everybody out there and done the two routines, it, this routine, the show actually went faster, not longer than it usually did. That was poor planning on my part. So I went to get paid that night. The nightclub manager says, hey, you clipped the, the show short. You know, I expect a two and a half hour show. I get a two hour show or something, he says to me. I said, oh, I'm really sorry about that. I didn't realize. Well, that's not the words he wanted to hear, evidently, because he never hired us back again. And that was a really uh, hard blow for us because I needed that club to keep booking us to make money. And that cut us off from a really great venue and cash stream that we had running. And so I screwed up. By not rehearsing correctly and by getting overly ambitious and overly planning, I screwed the whole thing up. And the pressure of trying to perform all that made it harder on all the guys and no fun for them. So they began to dissipate, and 
Of course, it was hard to find new guys just laying around who could do this. You need a very special kind of personality to go out and do that. So the whole thing fell apart, and I had to go back to waiting tables and being very poor <laughs> and making no money a week and to scraping by. And that's how I mostly survived most of my life, just scraping by. But that right there was an interesting interlude in my life that I never saw coming and experienced to an extent that, I mean, now I understand how people who are famous and who are rock stars uh, probably experience life because I experienced a fraction of that, a fraction of what it might be like to be in the public spotlight and people like you. You know, people become infatuated with people from audiences, you know, some ideas. And you wouldn't believe all the people you meet and opportunities that come your way because you're standing on a stage. You know, far from the reality of being a real person, of course, they're falling in love or, you know, getting a crush on a facade, but it is real. I've heard stories of like after major league games like basketball, football, and so on, that the football players will go out to eat or, or go back to their hotel or something, and there'll literally be dozens, if not hundreds, of people waiting to meet them, you know, who have a romantic notion of how wonderful they are. That is a fact. Uh, when people get a romantic notion in their mind about someone, they go to all sorts of lengths to meet them and to get to know them, and it's pretty amazing. And so since I had nothing what you and I would call fame, I had a, a very minor five-minute popularity, it still was incredibly profound and affected every aspect of my life. Uh, in other words, people treated me radically different because I was up there dancing on that stage, which is utterly ridiculous, but it definitely is a fact. That job brought me brought many people into my life who would never have come into my life otherwise. And I think about that. And, you know, if each and every one of you out there was an expert or passionate about some subject, and then you organized a public speech about that subject, I'm going to talk about, you know, my love of waffles. You would be surprised to find that you would attract other people who were like-minded, who loved waffles. And after hearing you talk passionately about waffles, would approach you and try to begin a friendship or some kind of interaction with you because they feel the same way and they like what you're talking about and the way you talk about it. It's the weirdest thing. I've done a lot of public speaking. And in each of those public speaking events, people would come up afterwards who were absolutely infatuated with me. I'm not kidding. One of them I actually married. <laughs> so I can tell you that being in the public spotlight, even a little bit, has a, an amazing effect on other people. Why it does, I don't know. You know, I know my brother was a musician in a rock group. And he didn't have a car for the longest time, years. And, and he would just get rides everywhere. It was girls who were driving him around. And I'd say to him, how do you meet all these girls who drive you around, who act as your chauffeur? He goes, oh, I meet him at the, at the gigs, you know, where I play. He goes, I'm playing in the band, and, you know, after each show or during a show, people come up, introduce themselves, want to meet me, and uh, some of them, you know, offer to give me rides, places, and stuff, and be my friend. And 
So he had a whole network of girls who were driving him around <laughs> as chauffeurs that he, you know, hooked up with from these different <laughs> venues where he was playing on stage. So just even his minor popularity had a massive impact on his life. Isn't that wild? Anyway, I'm sure many of you have similar stories and adventures like that, but I wanted to share that today because it's a story that's never been told. And I fell into a very lucrative, fun thing, completely ass backwards, that turned out to be utterly life-changing. During one of the shows, just to finish, I'm... It's after the show, and I've just come out. It's like maybe two minutes after the show, and the whole nightclub's packed, and I'm uh, trying to get my stuff, I believe, out to my car. But I think I've paused at this point, and I think I'm just standing there. And this girl dances her way up to me. It's just, I'm not, didn't walk. She danced, you know? It's hard to describe. Shoulders and kind of head moving and smiling. And I then lived with that girl for the next four years. Her name was Christine, and I should have married her. What a wonderful, wonderful girl. But anyway, she danced up to me, introduced herself, and uh, we were inseparable for the next few years. And that's, uh, in some ways, how the male dance story came, comes to an end. Well, I hope all of you have a great day in your art studio. Keep creating, keep doing your things. Hope I haven't bored you sharing my life tales. Have a great day, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.